Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Three Meters on the 29th of December 2019. And as I say, time flies, doesn't it? I think it's one thing that's free is that time can fly because you can't get it to tax so far. Maybe that'll come, mind you. It really is flying in. And I think part of the problem for me, in a way, as I said before, is that when you've studied so much of the big organizations that all work together in this huge pyramid to bring the world into their new world order, so to speak, a managed society, an expertly run society from top to bottom, with all the ones at the bottom, of course, paying for the ones above them, but that's the system we're, we're really flying in t- towards now. And it, it has so many trappings of previous tests that they've had, experiments, you might say. The, the U.S., the U.S.A., was called the Great Experiment to see if humans could really be independent and free and, and have a workable society without killing each other or stealing from each other and so on. And they did pretty well until they got a government, and then the government stole from the people, and this went downhill from then. But really, when you're looking at the, the first great experiment, then the second one was, was the opposite, you see. It was to be a totally controlled, scientifically managed society run by experts, and that was the Soviet system, the, the, the socialist system, as I like to call it. And they would have a semblance of participation uh, by the public. That's so Soviet really meant rule by councils. It sounds awfully nice on paper, but in fact, it's, uh, it was a sham because the councils or NGOs, etc., that spoke for different departments of society and segments of society and workforces too, were all appointed by the Politburo. And everybody had to be on board with it because if you were not, of course, you you had you suffered uh, <laughs> a short career, <laughs> and that's really how it went. So anyway, the, the big boys, of course, study all this, and they studied Nazism too, which is National Socialism. And don't forget that Hitler was given Time Life Man of the Year award when he was there. I think he had it twice, in fact, by them for getting Germany on his feet so quickly. So. From the Nazi and from the Soviet, so in, which is international socialism, uh, as opposed to national socialism, to basically uh, the whole communist system that we're used to seeing that supposedly disappeared not long ago. But it, it really, it, it, this, this, the ones who rule the world took what there was the best parts of each one of these, these experiments, you see, and put them together. And they found the whole idea is control. All of these systems are about control and ultimate control and, and positive freedom and negative freedom, as I like to call it. How much positive freedom could you have without the people uh, kicking the government out, for instance? So you have to get some negative freedom in and put restrictions on them, and that's how it really works. Tony Blair was right into that from his mentor, and his mentor was uh, Isaiah Berlin, who uh, he actually went to, to see when he was put in office. Uh, and, and asked them, is it possible to have a, an equal balance of positive and negative freedoms for the public? Of course, that's where we are today. We're, we're, we're taught that we're free. You're only free, mind you, if you go along with the flow of information uh, that affirms the agenda. Uh, you're, you're free and you're fine. You can say all you want to say about all the, the things that are politically correct to say. And you can do your social preening, as I like to call it. This isn't just the usual virtue signaling. It's beyond that. It's much, much higher than that if you want to get ahead in life. And you can see these these newcomers, these politicians today that really have no skills or talents, but they're, they, they do know being good psychopaths that what's politically correct and they make sure that everyone knows that they keep spouting the same stuff over and over and therefore they're the real champions of the people which means that the bosses at the top that run the world are put them in charge of things because the people really have no say in anything. And, and that's the sad truth of it. There's no say in anything. So you're, you're in a new, real Sovietized system, the, the, the more perfected Soviet system, in fact, where the people think they're free. At least in the Soviet system, you see, they knew they weren't free. 
And uh, although they'd all tell you that they were, because they knew the penalty if you didn't say that. In the West, we, we're, we're all taught that we're free. Like Bertrand Russell says, we'll teach the people that they're free. And they'll believe it because the, the government keeps telling them that they are, you see. You're living in the best country in the world. With the best health care and the best this and best that, you see. And people just part what they hear. They, they have nothing to, to really compare it to. But we're in a, a global system, a, an old, old plan, of course. You have different factions on board with it that are key players, very, very cohesive groups working together, who will all benefit from it financially especially. And if you have the finances, then you benefit socially as well. You get status, you get extra privileges in this new system because it is a privilege-based system. The biggest privilege of all, of course, is if, you, if you've plundered the planet and you're awfully rich, then you, you have all the, the privileges you want because you, you decide what they are and everybody follows suit. I have to say, and I've said it before, even at Christmas time too, you've got to look at what you're losing. Look at what you're losing in your culture, all the things you're taught to hate, in fact, about yourselves. Uh, because you, you are being taught to hate yourselves if you come from what's called the first world countries, even though you were not privileged, <laughs> as they call it, privileged, or, or, or especially white privilege in Britain, for instance. Uh, the, the Britain that I knew was not a great country at all as far as having all these privileges. You didn't even have enough food at the time, too. Don't forget that Britain was in rationing all the way up into the 1950s and even then beyond it because folk couldn't afford the meat. That's how privileged the country was for the, for the ordinary working people. But we're not supposed to talk about that anymore, you see. Everybody else suffered, but, but we never did, of course. Utter tripe and, and rubbish as we're forced into a world system where we're getting um, mushed together, basically, and told to love it, this new system by our mentors, or our new mentors, you might say, who are really your new police, in a sense, because you're, there's never been a society even dreamed in science fiction so totalitarian in its scientific uh, surveillance and manipulation, not just surveilling, but manipulation of the mind as we're in today, and there's nothing to where it's supposed to go. And so looking back, looking back even at the 20th century, look at what you did have. Look at the music that the people had reached in the 19th century. Look at the height of music had reached. It had reached the, the, the heights as well of architecture and so on, but definitely with music as well and classical music and so on, which is a science in itself and, and it was taught so well. And there's nothing, nothing can beat. That's why I put songs up there at Christmas too, because there's nothing, nothing can beat that kind of music. And, and what you're tossed out the window now too was a religious music because you had some of the best minds in the world and their, and their areas are coming out with fantastic, beautiful, beautiful songs that no one can say is, is terrible. This, this sounds, it lifts you up. That's the whole point of it. it it's supposed to affect the soul that's inside you. And anyone who doesn't feel it doesn't have a soul when they hear that kind of music. This is just absolutely true. When the humans together uh, literally reach out for something which they know is there, they know it's there, uh, that's got, uh, uh, it's, I can't say magic, I suppose, but, but it, it does have that kind of feeling all to itself. It's very unique, and it mustn't be tossed out the window because that's the very thing, that's the very thing, folks, that totalitarians hate. It's the big idea, you see. Big ideas is what they, they use against you, but they also say that big ideas are what they fear the most, and that's why they had to destroy the, the vestiges of religion by every means possible, fear and foul, you see. So they can bring in their own scientific formula where you just simply obey your commissars, and that's what's here today. It's really, and it's ruthless. It's got all the trappings of the Soviet or the Bolshevik Soviet era uh, and it will get worse and worse as time goes on. I listened to um, a little audio by someone in Ireland talking about that very thing, and how he was mentioning how people that he knew in the newspaper industry had had calls from policemen, policemen calling them. They hadn't broken any law for saying something, but uh, they were told that, that uh, the authorities were concerned uh, the way that you're thinking, you see. You understand where this is all going to go? This is horror we're looking at. 
And the scientific technique that's being used is mainly through your fiction, your brainwashing. There's nothing you're going to watch that is not full of the PC updates. You're supposed to be updated just like a computer program. And you adapt into these updates. If you're still doing old think, you know, old think where you thought for yourself, that's a real dangerous thing to have in this day and age. Who knows where it might, I might go into a big idea that catches on. Matsu Tong of uh, uh, the communist revolution, he said he wasn't afraid of bullets and guns or armies. What he was afraid of the most was a big idea because something like a religion, uh, they can't argue with it. They, they can't debate it. You can't debate belief in people who believe, you see. And it has a tremendous force against uh, tyranny, obviously. That's why it had to be smashed. And it wasn't like looking in the past and say that, that systems were perfect. They never were perfect. And every institution of religion becomes corrupt in every country over time. Just like governments become corrupt. So much so that you, you find that in the U.S., Founding fathers, they knew and warned about corruption because they knew their histories <laughs> in, the, in the 1700s. They knew the histories of Europe and, and going all the way back to ancient Greece. They understood uh, that uh, governments become corrupt. That's the way it goes. When you're in a system of socialism that rewards those who implement the agendas that are mandated by their bosses, Corruption uh, flourishes like you wouldn't believe. And tyrants of all kinds, at all levels of classes, right down to the bottom, that push this stuff on their fellow humans, get well rewarded for doing so. And I've always found, it's always astonished me, when money comes into something, how people will suddenly change their opinions, or they'll look at the floor, and well, you know, and, and that's how it goes. Do you realize that, that that's, that again, is a secular way of looking at life, isn't it? Uh, because you're living in a materialistic system, even in psychiatry today. Uh, the, the whole thing about is your investment. What's your investment in this relationship with so-and-so? You see, It's all financial and material investments. And they can't argue with anything beyond that, you see, in, this, in a materialistic system. So when you get into a realm of thought, uh, soul, experience, and something higher and above yourself. That terrifies them. In fact, they'll come against you with utter fury and hatred, as though they're demonically possessed. And maybe there's a bit of truth in that too, eh? Because when you look, I, I keep looking at the old system of the Bolshevik Revolution and the secret police that were formed, that weren't so secret actually, initially, and the NKVD and the Chekas, of course. Where did they find these people? that would take people into basements by the dozens every day for months and just strip them naked and shoot them all. Day after day after day after day. Eh? Where did they find these people? What kind of hatred, and I mean that, what kind of hatred drove these characters to do what they did? I mean, that that isn't just... That isn't a, a, a quiet removal of something. That this is that was utter, utter mad, and I call it diabolical hatred. There's no doubt about it. And yet, evil can definitely manifest itself in a very tangible form, as history shows us. And therefore, we should never waltz into something just because the flow is going this way, and it is going this way at the moment, isn't it? We know it. Uh, and you, you mean, I, I mentioned years ago, I said, look, they brought the internet out. They'll, they'll make sure everything's for free. But before I even had a computer, I gave talks. And I said, uh, I'll get a computer just to do the talks, to continue them. Uh, and when I'm, when I'm done, I'm done. And out goes that computer because it's not there for me. And I said, right now, everything will be uh, put out as, as though it's free. It's free, free. It's all, everything's free and it's personal computer. Why do you call it a you see a personal computer. Why do you think they called it that? It's pure psychological nonsense. It's a selling pitch. It's not personal at all. There's, the last thing you've got is privacy, and it's not personal on, on a computer or any, any gadget today. And they couldn't bring the system in without it. They really couldn't. 
and you say, who's they wrong? Look, you look around you. Who owns the money system? What is the money system? You, you can't even get politicians who can explain that one. But we're taught to have faith in it, even though it keeps getting collapsed every so often, uh, and, and you get plundered over and over. And folk get richer and richer as, as, they, as they crash the economies. Certain folk do. Of course they do. Because really, no, no, no economy has to be crashed. The, the, the magicians at the top, they make money on nothing and could keep it going for as long as they want if they wish to. It's backed by nothing. There's nothing tangible getting moved from this corner of a big room to that corner over there, this, or this other pile, like it used to be in the, in the Bank of England with the gold bars. That's how they used to do it. That's all gone. There's nothing. You know. it's, it's just someone's word that this country owes X amount to this other country, etc., etc., etc. So you have that level there, and then you have the, the myriad of people who have, in all, all ages, they prosper by serving the ones that have the power above them. They're, I gave talks years ago about psychopaths and how under tyrannies you, you have the top psychopaths, maybe even one at the top, and around them you have the high clique around them, you see. It's very much of a hierarchy, a layered hierarchy. So the guy at the top, or woman, doesn't matter, and... Um, and then you have the ones around them, the psychopaths, who worship the one, that, the leader. Because, because the, the, the psychopaths have despise and will use everybody beneath them. But they grovel to the one that's got more power than themselves. That's the psychopathic mentality. So they, they will respect something with more power than they have. Uh, so that's how the whole strata of the system works, all the way down to the bottom. Right and wrong of decision-making doesn't even come in to the equation once you have that kind of system on the go. Because every layer is getting well-paid and funded, etc. And you're suddenly a somebody. Um, every layer will push the agenda. Whatever part they have to play in it, they'll push it. And they'll say all the absurd things that you're living in the best country in the world, like they did in the Soviet Union. And they will have uh, goons who will lift you and come in, come in the middle of the night, arrest you, and drag you off into some, whatever it happens to be, either a loony bin or to Siberia. Because you're obviously mad since you're complaining about the shitopia of the Soviet Union. You're obviously mad. And we're going into this whole system so rapidly. It's astonishing, really, how fast it's working. But again, it's happening at the right time. That they, they know exactly... With, with the internet today and, and real-time pulse of the people and, and uh, conversations and chat and all the rest of it. They know, they know that this generation now, with about 20 odd years of intense brainwashing, they know they're ready for the next push, as they call it. And that's what you call these, these stages of, of movement, is a push. So they have to push the next phase where they know, or they believe they know, that they can come against any opposition and punish you because they've made everyone pretty well dependent on this internet system, this, this wireless system too, for their banking, for everything that they do to, to basically survive. It's not a new idea. It was discussed, as I say, by Bertrand Russell and his cohorts and the groups that you belong to who helped, bring, who helped shape the, the culture that we're going through today, by the way, you know. That's how old this, this part of the system was designed a little long ago. The idea was that eventually you, you'll get your credit systems dished out by government to a kind of bank account. They call it credits, call it whatever you want. That makes no difference. Or dollars, it doesn't make any difference. As long as it's put in there every month by the state. And you, you, you might not even have to work. Because that's what they're going today with a universal basic income. They know uh, with, with robotization and all the work being given to China, all the physical work, there's, there's not going to be enough jobs. There's not enough at the moment for people to, to work in in the West. So you'll, you get, there'll be a universal basic income eventually. And it goes into your bank account every month. Uh, it'll be enough to pay your rent or whatever you need, basic food and so on. If you're bad, you'll be punished by the, the government with withhold it. You'll have to eventually repent and go through a penance, etc. You'll be judged electronically. It's already happening because of things you might say or even think. Eh? Like the policeman said to that, that uh, journalist, um, we're concerned about the way you're thinking, you know. Yeah. 
This is where it's all going, folks. Punishment by Eden Strata, Strata of technicians that, that are not elected and depowered by any of you and, and by, by, by the electronic systems that they all work for. And, uh, and they seem to be the new, the new uh, censor police, aren't they? They, they? they just know what's right, you see, because cause their bosses tell them what's right. And as long as they can swagger around and feel important, they'll do what their bosses say. That means punishing all of you. And that's a sad, sad commentary about uh, human beings, but it's very, very true. But we are going into a, an awful tyranny where you're told that up is down, uh, left is right, etc., as Bertrand Russell said, given the children, I can, I can train them to, to believe that snow is black. In other words, they can make you believe anything, and you better say it. You better say it, like Winston in, in 1984, or in George Arnold's book, you know. O'Brien's torturing him, and he says, if I, tell, if I say I can fly, Winston, he says, you'll believe it. You'll believe it. It isn't, isn't enough that you say it, but you'll believe it, he says, you know. And this is where we're, we're, we're going. This is an old, old agenda, folks. But with uh, technology and, uh, and the advance and the rapidity of advancement in research and development of technology, uh, you're living in probably it'll be the most efficient concentration camp on, on, on the planet. The, the planet will be one, in fact. And the restriction of movement will always come in. That's agenda for the 21st century. The abolition of private vehicles eventually. And you will. You'll be restricted to your little area in your overcrowded city because you have to get off the land for the tw- in the tw- this, this particular century if you're not needed by uh, the big corporate farm uh, industries. And this is not make-believe either. This is, I'll put up some links tonight to their own writings for the Agenda 21 and 2030 uh, and so on, and Sustainable Development, the Rio Summit, etc. Uh, things that, that most people maybe have heard of, but they've never looked into it. They, they can't be bothered. It's too, oh, I don't mean look at that. That's my bureaucrats and so on. So maybe time you start looking at what you think is for bureaucrats because you're run by them and they've grafted uh, private... NGO groups for, for sustainability, right down to population reduction, by the way, onto your local councils. And you're supposed to be voting councils in. Well, you didn't vote these characters in. They just graft themselves on to most of the councils around you. That's what you're living in. See, most folk won't care. Young people will, will not care. Because they, to them, this is wonderful. All these electronic gadgets... At the moment, they're kept fairly um, inexpensive for them, fairly cheap for them. Uh, they can get it one way or another through paying them up, whatever, through credit, or buying them even used. But they've got lots of gadgets and apps and all the rest of it. So their whole life is taken up. Uh, and it's amazing, isn't it, really? Uh, their whole life is taken up by, by electronics. Isn't it amazing? That literally something, I mean, they'll see we have to always adapt to technology and then it changes society. And they'll give examples like the steam engine. Well, when the steam engine came around, we didn't all start to belt smoke our heads, you know, and stuff like that and copy a steam. No, we didn't. But with electronics, our whole society is supposed to change and, and our behavior and the fact we're getting monitored by this stuff all the time. And they boast about it, that it's going to get more and more and more intrusive. That is the agenda. That's not paranoia. That, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's, a, that's their statements. To get more and more intrusive. Until you're watched 24 hours a day. It's like that movie The Circle, you know, and many other movies too. And, and statements from uh, the big leaders themselves. Even Donald Trump, when he first came for election, when he was running for election, said that he wanted to increase surveillance and surveillance technologies. Big time. It was already big time, but he's gone further with it. It, 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 was matter, it wouldn't matter which one they get in. They'll all do the same, of course, on behalf of the big boys that really run it all. But what a life. This is not a life, a life when, you're, when you've got to police your own thoughts. And they're training you. I gave, I gave these talks years ago before it got this bad. They're training you to police your... They call it self-policing. The United Nations came out with different... Uh, 
uh, PDFs years and years and years ago in booklets. You can send off for the booklets that they send to you. If you, you pay for them, of course. And, uh, and they tell you that the gender, and it's technocracy, sure enough, but it's much, much bigger than just technocracy. That's one part of it. That's, the man, that's basically the managerial uh, uh, part of it, with technocrats uh, using the, the different um, computer system analysts, etc., whole batteries of them to manage us, with, along with behavioral insights teams that literally monitor us. If you're, we're all flagged. If, you, if you're still thinking for yourself, and you have occasionally contrary thought, or even if you look at certain sites to get more information on certain topics, which are not illegal to do right now, but they won't be. It's not nice that you look into this particular. Why are you looking at this particular topic? Why, what's, what's your problem? Why don't you just lay back and let us govern and manage everything? Haven't you noticed, folks? Haven't you noticed you don't get news anymore? What chapter was that? What, what, at the end of, a, of the of a page did that start at? Because we don't get news. I said it would happen. We don't get anymore. Most newspapers are, are giving you really entertainment. Even politics now, what passes for politics is actually entertainment, if you haven't noticed. Every politician is a showman or a showwoman today. They'll want as many hits as they can on social media or say, hits, oh my God, how many hits did you get today, Baba? For saying nasty, foul things, some opponent or whatever it happens to be. It's, it's literally, everything's entertainment now And that also goes to prove That they're not running any country Something above them certainly is But getting back to what I said before I look back At Christmases for instance In a different light than a lot of people And what I, how I look back Is, the, is the, the countless generations That went before me And the terrible times a lot of them had to live through Of poverty or plagues Or whatever it happened to be at that time Or wars and it was one thing in the year that kind of bound them together. And even people who had neighbors that were uh, they didn't like or whatever or, or just mistrusted, uh, they would see them coming to church years ago with their families. And then they start to you say, well, I guess they're just ordinary people too, you see. It, it, it brought us back to our basic humanity and our little transient lives on the earth here. And you, you have some compassion for other people. But don't forget that, as I said, if you want to destroy cultures, the, what you, one thing you must destroy is first the religion. It doesn't matter what religion is. You've got to do it. And then you defeat them. And then you destroy the family unit, you see. This is, all, this, is, this is well known in warfare techniques. But that's what you've got to do. Why, why do you think, and I did the talks years ago when, the, the, Gulf, the first Gulf War was on, and then, then this, um, then the second one was on, desert, and then, uh, then uh, Operation Ara- Iraqi Freedom. <laughs> uh, that's where they showed you the, the U.S. troops cussing and swearing at the people in Iraq, saying, we're bringing you democracy, you stupid effer, you know, that's what he said. No kidding you. That should, that should go down in history, that. It should be, you know, this, this is civilization coming to these people, supposedly and cussing and swearing at them to, to, to copy a system that we don't even have back in our own countries. We have agendas, but we don't have, we don't have democracy. <laughs> it's such a joke. But anyway, uh, think about it. Just think about it. We're living through amazing times, and it's truly, truly agenda-driven. It's not just happenstance, uh, gone along willy-nilly, the accidental view of history. This is, this is the planned view of history, and you're living through it. And it's not going to go nice and well for folk, because you're being spied on so intently now. There's massive files on everybody. This is admitted to now, including everything you've ever looked at. Or, or try to find out about I mean, anything at all, it doesn't matter how innocent or whatever it happens to be, they know all about you. And they're watching you like hawks. You're flagged by by algorithms that, that flag you, and then real humans pop in. Oh, what's this? What's this about? As I say in Britain and elsewhere, you get a knock on the door or you get phone calls from authorities. What are you thinking about? Well, why are you thinking about that? <laughs> we're, not, we're not sure we like the way that you're thinking. It's a crime, no, but you're. We're not happy with the way you're thinking. This is going to be the worst hell on earth.
And it's enabled to happen by masses of entertainment. Very cheap entertainment. Not very good entertainment either. People guzzle like never before. Entertainment. They're living on it really today. Rather than, it's a great substitute for reality, isn't it? It's this pure escapism. And yet it's not just escapism from the least point of view. That, that is your brainwashing techniques. You're getting brainwashed all the time with entertainment. It's astonishing. It really is astonishing to me that things which at one time were speculative many, many years ago of what was to come, and, and we debated lots and lots of different things that we thought would be brought. And sure enough, here they are, even though a lot, most people would say, oh, that's important, that will never happen. Yet here we are. Here we are. We're, we're your thought crime. You've got thought crime. And, and now you have intrusion into your life, not even by thought crime, but because it's not a crime yet for certain things. It will be eventually, very, very shortly, for a lot, a lot of things that you're not supposed to think about at all. And I mean that. You know, be forbidden to think about things. It's bad enough forbidden to speak about things, but forbidden to think about things. Because then you're a danger. You might spread contamination, as they call it, to other people. And lo and behold, you might get disturbances. There'll be people you know, fighting back about something. And the, the authorities don't want that, do they? Astonishing to, as I say, all these old things were debates made many, many years ago uh, with groups who, who really were the true futurists in a sense, putting uh, together uh, that which was happening, that which was speculated to happen in research and development, and the, the goals of, it's above politics, but big agendas of rulers, because we are ruled, we're not governed, we're ruled. And they used to say you're governed if you elect the people to govern, but but ruled is a different thing altogether. You're given a semblance that you're this is a democratic, but it's a joke, isn't it? It's a complete joke that it's democratic. If it's democratic, uh, you wouldn't have groups authorized by government to crack down on what you're thinking or saying or whatever. That's not democracy. That's tyranny. Now tonight, I want to put some things up before I forget around just prattle on. The first thing is don't don't toss your, your, your history out the window because, you th- because you've been taught to hate it or in institutions within it because institutions have all had their purpose and at different times in history these institutions helped pull through pe- people through terrible, terrible situations. Don't ever forget that. In, in a, a purely secular society you can have all the psychiatrists you want, all the drugs that you want, but uh, when you've got a sickness of the soul because of being imprisoned, um, nothing's going to help that, believe you me. Nothing that they can give you anyway. Here's an article here. United Nations approves Russia-backed, they call it Russia-backed cybercrime treaty that American Western powers say will censor the Internet. So the General Assembly of the United Nations approved the resolution, also supported by China on Friday. It will now set up a committee of international experts. I love these, the, in this democracies, we get these experts, these high priests that just uh, appear, you know, uh, with every new science that they come out with, or, or variation or, or segment of science, and they're sudden experts, instantly there to tell you what to do. Like, like the bioethics committees that were launched in the 1990s. No one had heard of them before. Suddenly they're getting launched out of universities to tell us when we should die and things like that. They're, they're, they're experts in, in, bio, in ethics, you see, experts in it. Yeah. Like you're not yourself, right? But they are. Mm-hmm. Guess who'll be using them and who are using them? Anyway, back to the article here. So, the movement will now set up a committee of international experts in 2020, and critics have already said the language is legitimizing crackdowns on expression. Well, I'm really shocked, aren't you? Aren't you really shocked about this, eh? And this joke about, oh, it's the Russians. No, come on, you, the, West, the West sets up all these things, folks. You're living in it. And the, and the United Nations is almost completely funded today by the United States and Britain. Oh. So come on, come on. Where do you think? Where is the United Nations? It's, it's in New York City. It's, it's, it's in New York, for God's sake. It's not in, in the South Pole. 
And by the way, it was, it was the Soviets at the time, the Soviet communists at the time, who wanted it to be set up in America. Isn't that interesting too, eh? Like they foresaw the future or something, yeah? So it's a Russian, they call it Russian-backed cybercrime treaty. has alarmed American Western powers who fear it will censor the internet. We're already getting censored here, folks, in the West. Without this one, the West leads censorship. The system that Russia, that China is using for its social credit system was invented by the technicians in the West. I can remember, I kept all the articles from years and years ago when we were sending them over to China, the different organizations to set up their, uh, the technicians that work in Silicon Valley, uh, they went over to China to set up for them before they set up for you. They were already setting it here quietly, of course, naturally, setting up. So anyway, it says, um, the movement will now set up a committee of international experts. The panel will work to set up a comprehensive international convention on countering the use of information, to counter the use of information. Isn't that interesting? It's like counterintelligence. And communications technologies for criminal purposes according to the resolution, right? Well, you've got to understand that everything that's put out on paper, it's got a different intention before they even put it on paper. Uh, and then it's broadened, to, uh, and of course, for criminal purposes, don't forget they're going to criminalize speech. Already it's, it's, it's rampant in the West right now, right? Speech and terminology. So uh, as a criminal, so now it's not just that it's been naughty or bad or, or, or asocial or whatever they want to call it, now it's going to be criminal. America, Western powers, and other rights groups, I wonder what rights groups have done, have already warned against the move as they fear that the language uh, is code for legitimizing crackdowns and expression. Who's writing this stuff? Huh? The, the West is leading all of this stuff, folks. Have you watched the news in the last few weeks? Huh? But this is, this is the mail online. I wonder where their, their heads have been all this time. And it said, too, that a number of countries have increasingly tried to follow suit after China, you know, using, using its social credit system. Um, so it says our countries are trying to follow suit and track down on Internet usage. Hmm. I love the terms. Of, so you've got usage and you've got criminal this and criminal that. And, uh, and intelligence, so it's counterintelligence. Uh. And it set, India is set to cut off, off online access in Kashmir in August after it stripped autonomy to the Muslim-majority region. They've got big problems in India right now, uh, right down to citizenship now. You think the West is getting it all? But it's amazing that this was discussed back in the 60s, that, that many of these groups have never got on with each other for centuries and centuries, and they never will, you know. And it says Iran is also taking much of their country offline as it cracked down on protests in November. I'll put this one up. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we aren't lagging anybody in the West. We are probably, I, mean, I think things are really tested out here before they're tested out anywhere else. Next one, two, is Australia. Their bushfires, it's, it's the height of summer, they remember. It's their summer, which is our winter. But uh, it's, it's a smart city conspiracy. Australia is committed to the Agenda 2030 plan, which advocates for the implementation of radical changes to the central role of ownership, rights of land, and natural resources over the next decade. Linking this plan, authorities are currently developing a number of smart city initiatives and direct response promising locations full of sustainable programs that monitor a variety of human activities. Now, most folk don't even know what the 2030 is, but you can look it up. I'll put some links up for you to look at it. It's, again, United Nations agendas, which they claim are non-binding, although they have advocates grafted onto all your local councils, right? Your local councils, not just your, just your state or, or, or provincial councils, but your local ones as well. So could it be that current bushfires across the country are part of the planet as well? What is the hidden agenda? In the following, we've explored the Australian bushfire crisis, including the course of events, weather and geoengineering, Clara's high-speed train network proposals, and links to the UN-driven smart city agenda. Well, they're quite right there, actually, because um, I gave the talks many years ago on agenda for the 21st century. And 2030 is just one of the, the parts of it through the, for the whole century. So, you know, there's, there's 21st century, 2015, 2013, and so on. 
and that's how they work it out. What has to be achieved by each little segment of time. And sustainability is a big, big thing. As I say, no private vehicles eventually. You'll have to use supposedly public transportation, so hence the railroads, etc. But also they want folk off the land. They came up with the, the human habitat corridors years ago. That was part of the agenda. It's written into it. Where so many people live along the, the lines of these major highways or, or even routes of train tracks. But outside, a certain distance, maybe 20 miles either side of it, then there's to be no, no people at all eventually. You have to be all, all put off into the cities. That's for sustainability. They don't like this urban sprawl, they call it. You know, you're better folk. The ones who look at all the maps from satellite, they just don't like urban sprawl. And they know how you should be living. And that truly is Technocracy Inc. For those who have. You can download their, their old agenda from the 1930s. <laughs> it's still there. And many of the folk that were part of that are ruling over you today, in fact. Their descendants are. And it says, could it be that the current bushfires across the country are part of the plan as well? What is the hidden agenda? I can remember there was a doctor report from Dr. Day, they called it, I think, going back from the 1960s, I think it was. He, there was a doctor that attended a big international conference through the UN and so on. And he came back and told his pals he worked with, his, his colleagues, about the, the, the agenda, he said he couldn't believe it, but they said that they wanted to get folk, that was the 1960s, they said they wanted to get folk off the land. And how are they going to do that? And during the talk, it's the, the, this ex, again expert said, well, there's many ways to get the folk off the land, but eventually, if we have to, we'll burn them out. There you go, yeah, quite simple. But uh, I remember the doctor published a book about it on his colleague, Dr. Day. Dr. Day was dead, but then I think but the, this other one published a book on it, and you can take from it what you will, and, and again, you'll have the big problem of, of guarantee or trying to find if it's really genuine or not. It certainly falls into the big, big plan, doesn't it? This is quite a, a good article. I'll put the whole article up. In fact, geoengineering in Australia. Uh, it goes into the geoengineering efforts of Australia, uh, creating clouds, uh, rain and, and the atmosphere, largely hidden from the public. As a secretive network of government agencies and private business interests continue to manipulate the weather around us to their personal benefits. And that's the truth of it. I mean, it's, it's, there's plenty of documentation and some of it's in this actual article in itself. I'll put that up too for those who don't get it. You won't convince most people who go with the mainstream that the authoritative news. You know, if, and the same authoritative news will tell you everything's fine, the economy's fine too. You know, everything's just fine. What's your problem? And you can't help those folk. They, they, they will always go for the authorised version. Also, when we put up one article from The Guardian, and it's with Malcolm Roberts, uh, I'll show you. And it says, uh, promised, he promised, and Malcolm Roberts delivered, after announcing on Facebook that he would address the threat to Australian sovereignty from Agenda 21, he raised it in his first speech as an Australian senator. After extended remarks intended to refute the scientific consensus on climate change, which is not consensus, is for the group that works for the IPCC, they all have the consensus, they get paid for it. The rest don't, there's thousands that don't, of top scientists don't go along with it. In a comparison of himself to Socrates, Robert said that People are waking to the United Nations destroying our national sovereignty through implementation of the UN's 1975 Lima Declaration and 1992 Rio Declaration for the 21st Century Global Governance, often known as Agenda 21, more recently as Agenda 2030. And it goes on and on. I'll put this article up too. And I love how they, they poo-poo you away. Here's, your, here's what you're supposed to believe. The, the, the headline is what you're supposed to believe. This is how it's done on, on news, uh, on television too. Agenda 21 is conspiracy theory, but don't dismiss uh, Malcolm Roberts as a harmless cook. That's, that's your headline meant to ridicule all the rest of the stuff that the guy is saying. Because Agenda 21 is not a conspiracy theory. It's published by the United Nations. I'll put the link up tonight for those who would download their PDF on it. Uh, it's quite astonishing how they, they try to twist all reality, knowing most folk will never look into anything and to find out for themselves. It'd be too much of a shock, you see, to realize that, you, that, that yes, the, the people are, are telling the truth here, that there is a big agenda going on, uh, and you are being lied to very blatantly, too. 
and tens of thousands of Aussies engaging in a Agenda 21 conspiracy on social media, it says too. And world population, what happens if we reach over 10 billion people? And then they go into the other different uh, fear agendas that are put out there too to make you just buckle under and leave it to the experts that, that, that come up with these big massive figures out of nothing, out of nowhere. Years ago, as all this was happening, I was giving out the, the, the stats of the government for census and so on, uh, on the populations in the West supposedly plummeting, which would be a good thing, right? You're, you're, you're reducing your population for sustainability. You think you get a little gold star, but no, then you get punished for not having enough people to pay off the national debt. So you're supposed to import people. In other words, it's all bogus, folks. There's a big agenda here. Big agendas, many of them actually all working together and overlapping each other. There's nothing to really guess at here. Also, even look into the, uh, the the silly, I think the Wikipedia was into it. And that's not the best source either. It's very, very biased in so many things. But Agenda 21 is a non-binding action plan of the United Nations with regard to sustainable development. You understand what sustainable development means, folks? It's to do with population control. Next is it's a product of the Earth Summit. That was Mr. Maurice Strong on behalf of the Rockefellers at the time in the Rio Summit too, a new conference on environment and development held in Rio de Janeiro. And it says here, it's a non-binding action plan of the United Nations with regard to sustainable development. It's a product of the Air Summit, as I said before. The UN Conference on Environment and Development held in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, 1992. It's an action agenda for the United Nations and other multilateral organizations. Well, guess who they all are, eh? And individual governments around the world that can be executed at local, national, and global levels. The, the big thing here is, you see, none of you vote for this. It's way above what you... How simplistic is your thinking when it comes to government? This is way above governments, but the governments put all, write these things into law. This is the 21, Agenda 21, reversed to, to the 21st. This is from the same, the same organisations that poo-pooed it when people like me used to talk about this years ago. Now they're saying, oh, the 21 and Agenda 21 refers to the 21st century. It has been affirmed. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. And it had a few modifications at subsequent UN conferences. Its aim is achieving global sustainable development. But they were telling us, what is sustainable? Well, the perfect number of, of you lot, you know. They don't need you all anymore because, you see, your purpose is to work for the elite and they don't need you all now, you see. Step by step, they'll bring it down when it's time. One major objective of the Agenda 21 issue is that every local government should draw its own local Agenda 21, you see. What initiative, really? Since 2015, sustainable development goals are included in Agenda 2030. And it goes on and on and on. So this is something that's to change all society, bring it under a global system, bring down the population, regulate your life from birth to death, folks, for sustainability on consumption and everything, energy use, you name it, blah, 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 blah. This is the big agenda and where you're going to live. Also, this one too, Agenda 21 and one easy lesson. I'll put this up. Awareness of Agenda 21 sustainable development is racing across the nation as citizens and community after community are learning what their city planners are actually up to. As I say, they graft themselves on these organizations. They just graft themselves on. And then try to say, well, you see, it's, it's, it's voluntary, really. I mean, you know, it's non-binding as they ram it down and take people's property away, etc. through different uh, sustainable goals. There's an article here, too, on how things are implemented so, so quietly you won't even know. This is your hometown and the United Nations Agenda 21. Gives you an example in California, how the Air Resources Board says the company was not charged with or even accused of illegal emissions like many other businesses. It merely failed to notice a new regulation posted by CARB, C-A-R-B, requiring all semi-trailers, shipping containers, vans and rail cars with diesel-powered refrigerators to file a report with the agency. Once you see what the fines are for that, they didn't tell the public or publicize it. They started fining the company so they didn't even know about it. How do you get, how would like a $200 a day fine and some of them were up to $86,600 in fines. See, this is not democracy, folks. This is tyranny when you get this stuff done to you. And they'll do the same on you if you're uh, eventually on the road. They've already had agreements drafted up 
on how many miles you've been allowed to travel until they start weaning you off the road altogether. The electric car is only a temporary gap stop, basically. It's not meant to be really that practical in the long run. They always want rid of the gasoline engines, and then eventually they'll start doing the same with the, with the electronic ones too, to them off road. The ICLEI, which is grafted onto your local councils, go on and ask them about them. Do you have a local government for sustainability group, ICLEI, grafted onto your council? And because everything gets passed now, it has to go through them now, even though it's supposedly, as I say, voluntary, right? A lot of these people who, who make up these councils, you know, uh, are, are retired uh, or semi-retired civil servants of all kinds. They're told to go in and join these particular groups and graft themselves on your councils to, to rule you until you can't move without getting permission and you couldn't afford to get things done because they'll simply ban it all with under sustainability and environmental studies if you want to put up a garden shed or something. I mean, that's already happening. So I'll put these up to up for you. And ICLEI, Local Governments of Sustainability, is a global network of more than 1,750 local and regional governments committed to sustainable urban development. Active in 100-plus countries, we influence sustainability policy and drive local action for low emissions, nature-based, equitable, resilient, and circular development. I like circular development. That means you end up always going in a circle trying to get permission. The ICLEI Oceania Regional Secretariat, I love the term Secretariat, serves interests and needs of local governments in Australia, New Zealand, and the Pacific Island nations. Then they give you their websites and programs. For a, not bad for a voluntary thing that ends up being dictatorial. And that's what it is, folks. They're all over the place, folks. And most, most people don't even know they exist because they keep quiet, eh? And eventually they become just normal with like part of your, your local government. Well, you don't vote them in. Did you vote to go global and be governed by some global entity? If you don't have a direct say in anything, you're not living in democracy. Then Australian water is sold for $490 million. There you go. In the middle of a massive drought, right? To foreign company during drought. December 12, 2019, a multi-billion dollar Singaporean food company is selling 89,000 megalitres of Australian water to a Canadian pension fund. The mega sale of Australian permanent water rights comes as the country is crippled by one of the worst droughts in its history. On Tuesday, New South Wales um, brought in a complete ban on hoses as part of the toughest water restrictions implemented for more than a decade. Not bad, eh? But no such problem existed for food and agriculture giant Olam International, which sold the 89 billion litres of permanent water rights for an astonishing $490 million. Everything's a racket, folks. We're run by rackets. But you'll never figure them out. They're so incredibly, I mean, it's beyond the movie The Sting sort of thing. Sting upon sting upon sting. You'll never really figure it out. It's a racket. What's Canada's pension funds doing involved there too, eh? What on earth is this, eh? Anyway, this article is into where this is all about in the Murray Darling Basin and so on. And other articles too about the, the cutbacks in firefighting and financing that, that they've been given in different areas right now, and they're really suffering for it, by the way. Also, dozens of firebugs are blamed for destructive Queensland fires. This is, this is mainstream, of course. Almost 100 firebugs, that's, that's fire setters, deliberately started blaze across Queensland, have destroyed homes and consumed thousands of hectares of bushland. There's bigger movements going on right now. There's even been firemen. That's quite normal, actually. He obviously gets firemen, too. They were caught in one place, too. One, one particular fireman was, was, was seen uh, setting fires um, by police. And he'd, he'd rush right back to his, to his station so they'd get on the engine and go out and fight it. It is quite amazing what's going on. But anyway, there's a lot more people involved, too, setting the fires. So folk get in on the act, you might say, and, you, and it's up to you what you want to figure out. And we'll never really know if they're coordinated or paid to do it, or it's all just happenstance and like a, like a, like a crowd, a crowd rush thing where they all jump on board with it. But they've got adults and juveniles involved, and 31 adults, 67 juveniles, 98 people all together in one area, that's in Queensland. One boy alone had started a fire that raised 14 homes in central Queensland and dealt with under the state's Youth Justice Act. 
and everything the New South Wales Fire Service could have bought if their budget wasn't cut. Good article. It shows you how even set up to, to, so they, when they really, they really start getting the fires that they're not ready for it because they don't have the cash. Lots of cuts off their budget. It's amazing how things work together. But then they always use it. Well, it's climate change. No, it's not climate change. And then uh, extreme heat in 1896. Just to let you know that all this, this record-breaking thing is nonsense. Panic-stricken people fled the outback on special trains as hundreds died. That was the, that was the, uh, the headlines back in this particular uh, time that had uh, happened uh, back in 1896. People were dying in the streets and so on. Uh, it was just so hot. Even in the middle of the night, it was just so hot. 109 degrees Fahrenheit at midnight. And the temperature didn't f- fall below 103 degrees Fahrenheit. Again, too, it says here that surveillance machines and tracking are tracking the locations of hundreds of thousands. And this part here goes into university students. And how are you getting trained by them, too? By point systems, even in universities and colleges for attendance and so on and so on. You're prompted. You're trained and trained and trained and spied upon constantly. Most folk will go into it thinking it's not quite normal. I think people can drift so far into it with a scientific system. The scientific tyranny is the worst of all. And Bertrand Russell said, if there's going to be a tyranny, he says, I, I wish it to be. A scientific one. That's the kinds that he preferred. A total control over the mind of the people, basically. Now, how can you fight it if you don't know? If you're unable to recognize what it is? If you're conditioned, it's all quite natural. Again, I'll put up George Orwell's The Freedom of the Press. His proposed preface to Animal Farm is awfully good. Uh, where he talks about where so much of it's happening today with our speech, what we think and what we say, and how they were censoring it. He was taking the example as a Soviet system. As I say, they learned from the Soviet system. This system we're in now is actually part of the super-Soviet system on behalf of the top capitalists of the world. Also, just to mention, too, that the British Home Secretary signs the extradition order to send Julian Assange to the U.S. now to be tried. Also, a little bit of tidbits that is so bad now uh, that uh, with uh, <laughs> the anti-religion thing, as it just try to destroy all the past and the culture, and so on. Former chaplain to the Queen of England quits the church. He's a chaplain to the Queen. Uh, he quits the church and converts to Catholicism as he attacks the Church of England's transgender stance and failure to defend Christian values. And uh, it's true enough that the uh, I don't know what the, the Church of England stands for anymore. I mean, I don't. I think they're embarrassed to even even pretend that they're they're Christian. I, mean, I, I really do. I think it's that bad there because they they don't stand for anything at all. E- even the people that attend <laughs> the churches <laughs> they don't just stand for anything. And I, I remember too that was it the Archbishop. He was. Um, of the Church of England, he was the, uh, he was a druid as well, you know. Like Winston Churchill had joined that too. And they all joined all the different Freemasonic organizations, and, and that was one of them. Christian persecution at near genocide levels, so I just thought I'd put that back in again. Since it's this time of the year, no one really cares. There's poor little ordinary family groups across the Middle East who got slaughtered for months, and actually for the last few years, and hardly anybody lifted their head to even... Never mind to shed a tear, but even to bother looking. It was almost embarrassing, in fact, to look at what was being allowed to happen. Uh, with the use of our tax money, funding all the weaponry of the groups that were doing it. Terrible, terrible. Very ancient churches and peoples. Just ordinary peoples too, you know. They're the quietest, most pleasant and non, non-aggressive people. Pretty well in the Middle East, actually. A Russian India refuses to compromise on national interests for U.S. trade benefits. This is how they're trying to make the deals. Uh, and it's kind of interesting right now, because the U.S. is funding everything. You know, you, The U.S. buys everybody off, but you, they want certain rights over countries, you see. This is Pompeo. This other article woos India with, with secure 5G, arms sales, and nuke project after recent tensions. <laughs> So you always make great enemies of the future because they've been doing the same with Pakistan too, you see. And they're terrible enemies, India and Pakistan. 
So that you are on both sides and you make a profit and you sit back and down the road in the future you say, oh, that's terrible what they're doing to each other. You know, as they use their weapons against each other. You know, something. Ah, the best enemies money can create, indeed. Whereas we've always created the best enemies that money can buy. Just to end on a, a cheery note, because I'm glad you make you cheery, because you, you don't want people who, that are a bit better than yourself with better genes and all that. Getting cold this winter, but heaven forbid, it's terrible, you know. In Britain, for instance, getting cold in the winter time. The Queen faces a costly £86 million repair bill for Prince Charles' London home, Clarence House, as it gets set for a New Year makeover. Well, I'm glad they're doing that for poor Prince Charlie. Yeah, poor soul. £86 million repair bill. And that's just one of these homes, eh? Yeah. And uh, I don't even bother looking at the PR Because they have public relations uh, Professional teams that, that are permanent Who work for royalties now Churning out all the stories about them To make sure you all think about them And try to personalise them And they've been real people and that. I looked at other articles too But the money's been spent on them at this, Over this winter wow, my, oh, Shake your head folks And also the dollar dumped Russia and China agreed to bilateral trade And national currencies Quite something so that's about it for tonight now. I had to rush through that lot. I hope I haven't gone way too over board with it all. But that's some of the more important things I wanted to put out, some of the articles to show you. I used Australia too as an example of the chronology that's used upon us all. Big global agendas, the, the, the agendas for the 21st century and 2030 and so on. And uh, Really, it, it's all to do with depopulation, step by step. Uh, two or three weeks ago, I read the articles from the United Nations and the big organizations admitting for the first, even IPCC, the, the, the panel on climate change, we all paid scientists to come up with the same answers. But they said the same thing, that uh, we've got to reduce the population. And they definitely, they, say they want to get teeth now to, to, to reduce the population. It's enough to have got mass abortions on the go. But, but this, now they're, they're killing off older folk. Now they want to literally step in. They've actually floated the idea. One of the guys a few years ago, they bring the same professor out every so often to push the envelope. And he'd said then, he said, it's time maybe we should think of, uh, rather than let people retire at 65, but actually think about just letting them die off or killing them. I hope they understand what I'm talking about. This isn't just speculation in some zany little, little bizarro um, talk show thing on on the TV. Uh, this is this is mainstream stuff from universities and and getting promoted and getting aired on national television in places like Australia and Britain. We've had it there too. It won't stop, you see, and it's always presented. And we're, we want to help you. Uh, won't help. Do you really want you to live for another five years? I mean, you might have a twinge of pain here and there, but we could kill you right now, and it's much cheaper. We could use your pension then. You, couldn't, you wouldn't be alive to spend it. You've you got to start thinking, folks, and get off this. They're here to help you. The one thing that Ronald Reagan said that was absolutely true, absolutely true, it's seldom you hear a politician saying anything that's true, but he said this, this he made a statement. He says, the worst thing that Americans would hear, and what they most fear to hear, is for to have a knock on the door and people saying to them, we're from the government and we're here to help you. That's it right there. Very simple. I guess maybe we'll get little calls now, eh? And they'll say, well, you know, did you say, were you always thinking about it? I was thinking that. Yes, I was. Yeah. Is that a crime? Well, no, no, but you've got us concerned that you're thinking, you know. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, there you go. We're still alive and kicking at the moment. As I say, I, I came out way back, years and years ago, not to say to be a cheerleader for the people. The people, the mass of the public will always go along uh, the same road, to the, the path of least resistance, uh, and they'll adapt into most things, you see. But uh, I came out to let people who really craved knowledge uh, to give them the seeds of the knowledge where they could look up themselves and find and study and read to satisfy them. Because some of them, because I know I'm that way myself, just have, you have to know. You have to know. It's, an, it's a strange thing in a domesticated society. It's a strange thing to have this desire to really know what, what's running the system. 
and what it's about. And the whole system today is chronology. Keep you quiet and pacified, stacked with information, with uh, entertainment, and stuffed with it, uh, and, and and just play and play until you, you you're retired, and uh, and then go into senility. Well, actually, they don't want you to go that far as I say before they want you to take the euthanasia pill. Much much easier, isn't it? Life has to be exalted again and put on a pedestal, back up in the pedestal. Uh, that Aldous Huxley's brother, Julian Huxley, said, he says, we must knock them off, mankind off his pedestal, and put them down uh, in order to, so they can do with the humanity that that which they wanted to do. That's happened, you see. At one time when man was still up there and thought there was some special in human life, there was something sacred about human life, government just couldn't just ride over the public like this. They couldn't do it. Under the pretense, at least of, of democracies, they couldn't do it. That's all gone now, and they're gone, and they're in a roll now, folks. Anyway, I hope you're doing okay, all of you. Thanks for all the people who've emailed me. I like to get in touch with them all and find out what's happening. It's important, because we're all people, and we're all connected. We are connected on the same journey here. It's good to, 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 to catch up and, and hear about the little trials and tribulations that we all go through. Well, we've all got them. We're all human. And, and that's what also binds us all together. I think, is the fact that we are human and hopefully we, we care about each other. For myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>